Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome to Last Night in Vegas. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we have a little bit of a combo episode today. So I'm going to be covering the new cocktail lounge, which is over at the Venetian Hotel and Casino. And I'll also be kind of giving a slight update on Wakuda, my favorite restaurant in Las Vegas, uh, which is located at the Palazzo. So uh, I went out the other night and I ended up in partaking in both of these places. Um, it was on a Saturday, so it was, you know, somewhat busy at both spots. And uh, I have, and uh, I believe Juliet actually was not technically officially opened. It didn't have its grand opening, uh, but it's sort of its soft opening to get all the kinks out. So um, I did experience that, and I experienced t- two of their cocktails that they have there. Uh, and uh, I have thoughts. So this episode is going to cover... Essentially, what Juliet kind of looks like on the inside, what the vibe you're getting. Uh, I didn't take that many videos at Juliet for some reason. I just wasn't feeling it uh, to take the videos because um, I was just kind of having a chill night and just sort of checking everything out. So uh, it's mostly going to be audio, but I'll try to post maybe some pictures on uh, Concierge Confidential's page as well. So uh, anyways, this is the Juliet Cocktail Room episode as well as the Wakuda update coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. All right, everybody, so we are back, so we're going to be talking about uh, Juliet and Wakuda first, so um, let me actually go start with uh, Wakuda, just because I want to kind of get that one out of the way, because it's more of an update, but actually, before I get to that, I do want to give you guys also an update. Um, I am actually going to be going to California. Um, I'll probably be doing a pod about, uh, like, planning, <laughs> like, planning on going to uh, another place, kind of the way that I end up planning on how I actually get it done, because uh, I don't haven't gone on a vacation in quite a while. So um, it's actually a very quick turnaround vacation. It's only like a day and a half, so it's not a very long trip. But um, a lot of stuff goes into even planning a short trip. So I think it's actually a really good example of what it's like to plan for a short trip because actually long trips are somewhat easier to plan because you can kind of space things out, do it for another day. Uh, When you have a one day or two day trip, uh, you have to have a very, very tight schedule, which uh, sometimes people are trying to do that when they come to Las Vegas, usually like uh, two, usually like three days, two nights is usually kind of the standard. So um, I'll be doing that probably for next week. uh, And I'll try to maybe see what else I can kind of put together for you. Um, for uh, for the rest of the week, so sorry I missed uh, last the last couple you know the last concierge confidential just kind of kind of busy planning for the trip uh, and uh, obviously other like work stuff. So, anyways, let's get started. So I end up going to Wakuda on Saturday night. So Wakuda is I've said on this pod before my favorite restaurant in Las Vegas. They are 
operating at the highest of levels. Uh, they do actually have two Michelin stars, Wakuda itself, uh, the one in Japan, and then obviously the one here in Las Vegas uh, has been around for about a year, about a year and a half now, and uh, it takes a while for you to kind of accrue or get to sort of Michelin star status in a different location just because you have to have a Michelin star member come and check it out. But anyways, that's like a lot of minutia. But anyways, uh, Wakuda itself, still the bomb. Kimmy, our host, the hostess over at Wakuda is absolutely fantastic. Uh, she remembers me every single time I go. So shout out to Kimmy. Uh, she does an absolutely fantastic job uh, holding down the front front of house there and she's just absolutely hospitable whenever i go so she is top notch uh and she's just really fantastic so um just give her a follow um i'll probably probably, probably try to tag her in the uh the post here so anyways talking about wakuda uh, they actually, the big sort of updates are, uh, they do have a new menu. Their menu is slightly modified than what it used to be. So I would say that's a little bit more approachable for those, for like more like American palettes, uh, in terms of just the way the menu is set up. It's a little bit more, uh, there's more entrees available, like more hot dishes. Uh, they, ha they still have a lot of sushi on the menu as well, but I would say they'd probably cut down the sushi just a bit, but it's really still very, very high quality. Uh, they also have roasted duck on the menu. They've always had their chicken on the menu they have their uh wagyu ribeye which is uh they've just kind of changed the way they pre uh, present it uh or the way that's presented on the menu itself uh the thing is when i go to akuda i typically go just for cocktails because i just really like their cocktail room their lounge is probably second to none in a lot of places uh i think it's a really fun and very sexy joint i've said that many many times before uh, i would say it's probably one of the premier lounges in all of las vegas um and it's my type of lounge some people may not like it. It's very dark in there, especially when you get later in the evening. It has a DJ, but the DJ music isn't very loud, uh, which is good because you're able to have a conversation if you go with, you know, a group of people and you're not just like me who's just sort of just chilling. Uh, but it has really cool sort of like places where you can sit, actually have a dining me a meal, uh, or you can just have a really cool cocktail sort of conversation. So uh, I really enjoy Wakuda for that. Uh, just know that the drinks, you know, they're rather pricey. They're going to be in the like 20 to $30 range if you get like a super specialty cocktail. I was actually there when somebody ordered a $100 sake, which, or sorry, $100 Japanese whiskey, not a sake. Uh, I thought he got the $300, which thought have been amazing. I've never seen that actually happen. But hey, you hang around fancy folks, you see fancy things. Uh, but yeah, Wakuda was awesome. Uh, I believe it was Christopher and Bobby. Yeah, Christopher and Bobby were the bartenders there that made both my drinks, uh, old fashions. Uh, one of them had like a cucumber or like sort of like a banana. He threw like a banana liqueur in there. Uh, it was cool. It was interesting. Uh, I probably won't get it again, but um, I did really enjoy uh, the old fashioned that he made me. And that's also why I really enjoy Wakuda. So Wakuda, they are always willing to make a cocktail for you that is not on the menu. They're always super excited to mix something up that you may have never had before or want to get experimental. And they just really like asking questions. It's really, this is super bougie, bougie talk, but these guys are really mixologists. They love, I know I hate, I hate the word mixologist sometimes, but uh, they really love to sort of put together something that's going to be a once in a lifetime experience for you. And I always remember it because again, I remembered it and this was like a couple a couple days ago and uh, I had a couple drinks that night. So sometimes I forget, but did not forget this time. But really fantastic time with Wakuda. I think the menu itself is actually going to really sell very, very well at this point. Uh, I also, what I had there, I actually did have some food. Um, I had their rock shrimp, which rock shrimp is really everywhere. I wouldn't say it's actually like 
unique to Wakuda, but it was pre- it was presented very cool because it was actually presented in a long board, uh, and it also had the dip on the side, which I actually appreciate because I like the dips on the side, not on top of it. Uh, although rock shrimp, I'll take it on top any way I can get it because I love me some rock shrimp. But uh, I think that was actually awesome. And yeah, so Wakuda, really fantastic. Go check it out anytime i always recommend it because it's sick so uh it's my favorite restaurant on the strip and i'll say that every single time i can because they're so good so moving on so moving on to the juliet cocktail room portion of the pod well let's give it a a, a quick review so uh this is where the former dorsey used to be over at the venetian this is on the way to restaurant row which is right next to the Oh my goodness, it escapes me every single time. All right, guys, let's go to the Google. I got to remember what it was. So it is Mexican food. Sorry, it's Latino food. Latino. Do not say Mexican. Very, very bad. Because it is not. It is something very different. So let's go ahead and go through. Chica. Chica is the name of the restaurant. So Chica itself, it's located sort of at the beginning of Restaurant Row. And then you're going to have... Uh, then you're going to have the uh, Juliet Cocktail Lounge. So when you walk in the Juliet Cocktail Lounge, they do have a hostess stand, which sometimes can be off-putting and sometimes it's helpful. But when you walk into the space itself, it looks like it's been extended. It's much larger than what the Dorsey used to look like. Dorsey was a little bit intimidating because it was so small or smaller. And I have to say, the room itself is interesting. It's very, very large, which is nice. It has a very beautiful bar. It also had live music there. So it actually has sort of a dueling piano setup, but they actually had two pianos and a live singer, which sometimes is cool and sometimes is bad. So we'll talk about that kind of coming up. But I walk through plenty of seats available just because it's kind of a new bar. Uh, really good for like groups. You do look, does look like you have to do a table minimum for the tables. You have to have a reservation for the tables. They do have spaces for couples. And they also have sort of a back room that has sort of like books and like kind of a library look to it. Uh, the bar itself, pretty busy. When I got there, there was a seat available when I walked in. So I walked in, got to the, got to my seat and we're cool. Uh, the music, it's, so the music itself is sort of part of the experience somewhat. And the speaker system is good in there. The mix was a bit off. I know we're getting very technical, but the singer herself had stronger points than other points. Um, so she would she was singing very popular songs. She was singing like Backstreet Boys and things like that, and it didn't come out very well. Um, and I was kind of thinking it. I didn't want to say it, but there was somebody next to me that actually said it out loud, and they're the ones who said it kind of just sounds like bad karaoke, which you never want to hear that. So I felt really bad because that's actually exactly what it sounded like. So it could have been that she maybe couldn't hear herself. She maybe didn't have the inner ears for the rest of um, you know the room. And it is also a really big room to try to do that type of singing in that isn't actually set up as a live performance venue. So... Uh, I, I have to say maybe they're going to sort of hash those things out as we get closer to their opening date, which is going to be on in the on the 28th. So hopefully they get it sort of, you know, ironed out. But they did turn on like regular music sort of when they would take a break and the regular music t- sounded better than when they were singing. So I don't know. Maybe that's just maybe a kink they have to work out with the live singing. But I always am a fan of live performances. I think it really adds to a place's sort of uh, vibe, but I don't know. It just didn't work for me at this particular time for this particular restaurant, or sorry, this particular bar. So, you know, just 
still hang out here, but again, hopefully they have it sort of hashed out on the um, the live music front. But as I get up to the bar, the bar is very beautiful. They're very, very busy. And you kind of you always should try, especially when they haven't had their grand opening yet, to be understanding, to be understanding of the job that they're trying to do. They're trying to service a lot of bars. They're trying to service, or sorry, trying to service a lot of people at the bar. And they're trying to really push forward this concept. They have a lot of different unique drinks. They have a lot of unique different types of uh, receptacles, if you will, glasses uh, for you to drink out of. And, you know, it takes a lot to, you know, kind of go through that. A lot of stuff working out. You're working with your teammates and you kind of have to learn. By the way, I went to a place that serves chicken and I was at the mall and I, it was the absolute worst service I've ever seen. Uh, it's very, very bad. And you try to sort of like sympathize. Like, okay, you're working here. I totally get it. And, you know, it's a lot of people. It's high volume. It's very hot. But, like, it's got to – you got to step it up. So I just want everybody to remember when you come to Las Vegas and you have a problem with the service in a hotel, that that service are is probably better than any other service you're going to get. Um from any other levels so just try to sort of remember kind of where we're at before you start go complaining and wanting a um a free room upgrade which i saw there's actually a convention in town about ai and uh they're trying to figure out how to have a front desk agent that can problem solve it was hilarious it was uh somebody asked the question i don't have towels in my room how are you gonna fix this and the person said, I apologize for that, but maybe I give you a free upgrade. Just so you know, everyone, that doesn't happen. You don't get a free upgrade because maybe the housekeeper skipped your room or maybe you're just making that up. Also, we were actually taught, this is a thing, if you're taught Forbes 5 stand, Forbes 5 stand, five star standard, that um, you actually do not apologize. So um, you could say like, I empathize, I understand, uh, we are actually taught not to ap apologize. So for those of you wondering why we don't apologize a lot, or if we do apologize, it's a huge deal. We try not to apologize. We try not to say, I'm so sorry for that. We try not to say, I apologize. Um, it's always, I understand. It's always, uh, let me see what I can do. Uh, I empathize with your situation. And that's where kind of where we go from. Because once you say, I'm sorry, you're automatically in the wrong. Because when you say you're sorry or you apologize, you're automatically telling on yourself that you did something wrong. And we in the service industry uh, try not to say that we, unless we did do something wrong, uh, we try not to apologize for something that we may not have booked or may not have made the mistake on. So it's tough. Um, by the way, I have, have cried one time and that was over the phone with somebody because everyone gets really tough over the phone. But that's a different story for a different time. Anyways, so back to uh, the, uh, the the task at hand, which is the Juliet Room. So, one of the major things that I didn't like this is a negative on um, negative on the atmosphere front, which may be a positive for you. Is I am not a huge fan of video poker machines at bars, bars in general. If you're at a casino bar, it's sort of inevitable that they're going to have the video poker machines. But when you get into restaurants and cocktail bars. I really don't like the the video poker machines on the table because the point of a cocktail bar is to push conversation, push being in the moment, push enjoying the atmosphere. And whenever you have the video poker machines, it's so easy. And I've, I've gone to bars with people from work and there's a video poker machine. They put their money in, 
completely zoned out, completely not in the moment, doesn't want to talk, does not want to socialize. I'm here to try to get my royal flush. That's basically what is on their mind. So that is why I'm so against video poker machines at cocktail lounges. This is a cocktail lounge. That is what it's billed at, a cocktail lounge, not a bar, a cocktail lounge. So I think it just also makes the bar look ugly. I think it makes it look cheap. And that's, again, just maybe a personal thing. But if you're somebody who likes video poker, maybe you'll enjoy being around this beautiful ambiance and being able to play, you know, blackjack. Cool. Um, which is kind of going to lead me to my next thing is when we get to our next thing, which is the actual cocktails themselves, their cocktails are quite intricate, and their cocktails also come with very, very unique uh, glassware. Um, and it's not they're not cheap. So most of the drinks at this cocktail bar are going to range from $21 and higher. So any of the signature cocktails, you're looking at $21 and up. I actually got an old-fashioned that ended up being like $22, $23, and that was you know kind of to end the night. But, I mean, the drinks here are going to be $20 or more. They even have a drink that hurts $50, and that's called Diamonds Are Forever. That's interesting, and it's shareable for two. But they have really cool cocktail glasses, I have to say, but I am wary how long do these cocktail glasses are going to last here. Uh, for example, the drink that I got, I ended up getting – by the way, I am – let's just start from the beginning. Uh, I am not a fan of this signature cocktail menu. Uh, it's way too many crazy things going on. Um, I don't think it really has a focus, uh, like they have like a rum based drink. They have this big giant, like horn, like a Viking horn thing, which I mean, what is, I don't know what that's supposed to kind of go with this particular bar itself. And what else do we have? Uh, they, I had my drink, which was like at, kind of out of, out of a chalice, which was cool. Um, it felt like a, you know, it felt very like medieval, but, um, you know what? I figured it out. I figured out what the theme is. So uh, I'm, I'm, this is total guess, but I'm assuming they're going with sort of the literary sense of Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. So they're trying to go with that sort of like li literary sort of, you know, the literary theme because it has books everywhere because the books are actually quite large. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's where they're coming from with the like sort of chalice looking thing and maybe the horn as well, sort of Shakespeare. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I'm not just, I'm just not a fan of the, of, of the cocktail menu itself. Um, they have like, they have like two bourbon drinks, which I like whiskey and, and they only have like maybe two or three of them. So I don't know. Can I have a problem with that? Uh, they do have vodka on the menu. I mean, they have a vodka-based drink, which is fine. But I don't know. Just I, I wasn't a fan of the menu. It was just a lot of really crazy things going on. And I don't know. Maybe that's just kind of what they're going for. But anyways, uh, one of their like top-end drinks is their oak and orange. That's bourbon, blood orange puree, cinnamon syrup, and ginger beer. Uh, I do credit the bartender. He did ask me because I kind of go into it like acting like I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm trying to try stuff on the menu. So uh, I said, I like bourbon. And he's, I said, can I get the oak and orange? Because that sounded, you know, fine. Orange is cool. Cinnamon syrup I can deal with. Ginger beer, not a big fan. And he asked me, he's like, do you like ginger beer? And I said, no, not really. And he's like, oh, well, why don't you try the Lords of Scotland, which that has scotch in it. Um, I am not a huge fan of scotch in general. Uh, but I said, fine, you recommended it. I will try it. The Lords of Scotland is the one that comes in a very, very heavy chalice, which um, is really, really cool. Um, I'll try to post a picture of it. I posted a picture on the story, so hopefully you saw it. But that comes with scotch, 
a fresh pear juice, cinnamon syrup, and then cherry bark bitters. And I don't know what it is, but I keep getting this. Whenever I don't like a drink, I keep getting the same taste on it. And I think it's the pear. And the pear is really kind of throwing me off. So I think I may gotta, maybe got to stay away from the pears at this point. But it was fine. It kind of was a lot to take down. Uh, but more importantly, like, how are they going to police people taking in and out the glasses? Uh, I did see they had security when people walked in. And they, uh, there was this gentleman who tried to walk out with the standard glass, and they made him pour it out. So hopefully that's the case, but that's very hard to do at like high volume because then the security guard is basically just sitting there wanting to see if people are taking glasses out. So that's kind of tough to police. So we'll see how long that lasts. Something kind of like that happened at Nomad where they had a really cool like um, like brass drink. That was like a brass peacock, and now they only have like two of them left because the company that made them went out of business, so they didn't have any more to replace them with. So um, same thing that happened at Ghost Donkey. Actually, they had like this really cool tiki drink that you can't actually get anymore because they no longer have tiki glasses. So uh, as we continue down the menu, the menu itself is unique. Uh, they do not serve food. It's basically just cocktails itself. Um, they wanted to try the Queen's Garden, which that had like, like a really cool glass as well. But everything is very, very like fruity based, uh, very co- you know, very fruity based. But they do have a lot of stuff that's cocktail forward, like the one that I had, which was scotch. Uh, but I don't know, just the menu itself is just kind of weird. But overall, not bad service. Uh, I did have to get served by two different uh, bartenders just because one ended up getting pulled away to do something else. Uh, the menus themselves are really cool. They're very thick. They feel like sort of a big, thick old book. Uh, and you open it up, it has really cool pictures. It's so funny when you go to this is so funny that this is happening. So now that I do this particular podcast and I go and I look at a bunch of different cocktail bars and see how they build their menus, everybody's menus are starting to look the same. It's so funny that everything is so trendy because nowadays, which I actually enjoy, this is a good trend. I like this trend that they will actually put a sketch, not the picture, but they'll put like a cool sketch uh, with you know, what the cocktail looks like. It's just sketched in kind of like a picture and it just sort of has these elements and it sort of reminds me of the uh, Toco Madera uh, or Toco Madre. I forget how to pronounce it. And they have their menu that opens up and it actually lists all the different items that go into the drink um, in the picture. And it sort of gives you that sort of rough sketch of what it looks like. And it actually is very, very helpful. I think it's really cool. And I think it's a really good idea because uh, that horn drink, I may not know what's in it, but I might want to try it. And I guess I could say like, hey, you know, what is that drink? But it's nice to not have to do that. Like if I just look at the cork and thorn and I know that that's served in a horn, I kind of want to try it. So I don't know. I think it's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, I actually really like it. It's, it's funny because their menu looks exactly like the one at Toca Madera. So yeah, I don't know. That's a good trend. But uh, they do have kind of a simple sort of menu. They do have shots that are, you know, unique. Uh, that's something you don't see a lot is shots on a menu. They have like sort of a, you know, tailored shot, uh, which they're vodka and tequila based. And they also have their signature cocktail, which is the Ghost of the Godfather, which once I looked at the picture, I said, that's awesome. I want it because I love film. But uh, yeah, then I looked at the price. It's $225 for that drink. It's Johnny Walker Blue, Ghost and Rare, and then Disserano Reserva. Don't know what language I'm trying to speak, but that's $225. So I said, no thanks. I'll be okay. Uh, Because, 
You never know. Uh, but I have to say, now that I'm looking at the menu again, because I'm a little bit more sober today, the spicy flamingo looks good. It's Fletcher Azul tequila. Shout out Mark Wahlberg. Uh, lime, watermelon, agave, and spices. So I don't know. Maybe that's a good one. But anyways, overall, uh, the place is Juliet. Juliet's cool. Uh, am I going to go back again? Kind of a tough call just because, you know, I'm not a big fan of the 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 video poker on top of the of la of the of the bar and yeah the singer i think the singers have to get a little bit better um or the mix has got to get better just because uh. so check it out for yourself uh maybe you know good for one drink check it out hang out inside you get the vibe maybe a good place to meet people lots of you know pretty people are in there uh no dress code basically just walk in however you're looking just don't look i mean don't look like a bum bum um because it is kind of a weird vibe like it feels like a casino bar but like nicer than a casino bar so i don't know i want to give them a fair shake so maybe after they open maybe after they open for a little while I'll go ahead and get them. But um, a lot of people actually are not happy with, like, the turnover of a lot of these bars because they're changing the bars over at the Venetian because a new company kind of came in and took over the uh, cocktail program. So they're changing the Dorsey. They're also changing um, another bar that was over there, the, Ro the Rosina. I believe it's the Rosina bar, I believe, is being changed. Uh, they have two bars that are right next to each other, so it's kind of hard to remember. Um, and that's at the Palazzo. But I don't know. Try it out. See what it is. Make sure to check out Wakuda. Absolutely fantastic. But again, so next podcast, I'm going to be actually going on the road. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that one. It's kind of an explanation of how I sort of figured out how to do what I was going to do. And uh, hopefully you enjoy it. So that'll be the next pod coming out um, after this one, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, let's just see how kind of everything goes. That should be out on the regular days that I do Concierge Confidential. So um, again, you know where to follow us, Concierge Confidential underscore LV. That's on Instagram. Thank you so much for following us and watching us on TikTok, uh, which is at Keys to Vegas. Make sure to check out our latest video, which that one was the Ghost Donkey, which Ghost Donkey is doing absolutely fantastic right now. Really appreciate you guys watching it and uh, really, really appreciate you guys listening as well. So again, make sure you download us, subscribe to us so you can get all the latest uh, stuff coming out. Um, and again, if you see me out in town, awesome. Come and say hello. But remember, keep it confidential. <laughs>